Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. What's up, internets? Welcome to another Fan Bros special delivery. This is Chico Leo flying high above the Brooklyn night. And as always lately, I got as my wingman. Big Illa YC. Call me Shit Starter or call me Illa Y Face. The Shit Starter. So I think uh, I think with, with uh, today's show, we might be starting some shit, but... Um, or it was a shitty show. Right. Well, you know, so the big news is that Fear of the Walking Dead, the big spinoff from uh, Walking Dead, did uh, did premiere this evening. And I don't think it was what a lot of people were expecting. Um, I just want to say right off the bat, I had a lot of problems with The Walking Dead in the first couple of seasons. However, I thought the pilot was one of the best pilots I'd ever seen. And I thought that the premieres for almost every single season were stellar. And the problems that I had were with issues of them getting bogged down and just doing stupid things. Almost all of which have been corrected. This pilot was very different. Uh, so what uh, what what did you think, LOIC? Uh, um, I really fear having to watch Fear the Walking Dead. So, yeah, it was not the wall-to-wall action that I think a lot of people were expecting. Um, They did say this is going to be about the zombie outbreak from the beginning. And as we recall from the original Walking Dead, you know, Rick was in the hospital for three weeks. So he didn't see the whole breakdown of society, you know, the... You know, the military coming in, the people discovering the outbreak, like all that stuff. When Rick woke up, like society was already over. So this is very clearly going to be about about that. And I could even see the first season uh, ending before Rick even woke up in the hospital. It's, it's very clearly going to be like Contagion, where it's going to be about, you know, the police coming in and martial law and people turning on each other and all of that stuff. But they what they really like, started at the beginning. What it looks like it's going to be is uninteresting. Um, the show had its moments and I, I, I don't mind like a, a long, slow burn to build to something if it <clears throat> if it if it's interesting, you know, and this show just it kind of it gave us a lot of fat, you know, and it kind of could have skipped to the end, the last five, ten minutes where we actually get a little bit of the zombie action. Um, I mean, they're trying to establish this family unit out in L.A. with uh, Cliff Curtis as Travis. And, you know, watching the show really just made me miss uh, the better show, Gang Related, which was on Fox and got canceled. But it also took place in L.A. And Cliff Curtis was a star of that. But it was a far superior show to this so far. But um, Fear the Walking Dead has potential. And I see it, you know, being something worthwhile if they can kind of pick up the pace or at least make it more interesting than what it is. Because this, this episode just drug on and on and on as we dealt with uh, Nick and his silly drug problems. 
Yeah, so I, I think they're basically betting on the fact that everyone who watched this and was a little disappointed or pissed off is obviously going to come back. And I do, I actually was disappointed with the pilot, but think that the first season is going to be really good just from what what is to come. Um, I think that, yeah, I they didn't need this true detective pacing um, it was really, really slow pacing. Um, I, I like the idea of them focusing on a family unit because in the original in The Walking Dead, it's all a bunch of strangers who are forced to work together, a la Lost or a lot of other things that, that have done that uh, before. This one having the family in jeopardy, which we've definitely all seen um, you know, as well, it is a different look, and I do appreciate that. It's a sort of modern-day American family. Um, Cliff Curtis is playing a, a Latino teacher who's dating the guidance counselor who's played by Kim Dickens, who was on um, Treme and Deadwood, both two shows that were vastly superior to what we've seen so far on uh, fear the walking dead but um uh, so we got this family unit the son's got a drug problem the daughter is uninterested the um father has another family his you know divorced wife and son who doesn't want to have anything to do with him and this outbreak has just started there's rumors of people having some kind of virus in other states and then there's uh you know a uh moment where it makes the news and people see a guy get off a stretcher and start attacking cops and getting shot and getting back up and but it's still people are basically going about their business um yeah but the problem is that in the midst of all that it gave us dumb latino teacher stuff and gave us dumb white woman stuff and what i mean by that is dude finds nick Nick tells a story about, you know, his encounter with a a zombie, a walking dead. And the dude just like immediately gets up in the middle of the night. Like, that's a smart thing to do. Right. Let's go to this drug den in the middle of the night with a flashlight and just gonna be, to verify this dude's story. So already I'm like, OK, the IQ on this show is is stupid. Then later, the wife wants to go there, too. Right. And it's the same thing. And then it's like it's, it's that the, the same type of defiant, you know, single white female the guy's like, don't go in there. Don't. And at every turn, she's like, no, I must. And she pushes past him. And I'm just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, at this point, you're really losing me. And th- and they didn't need to take us, the audience, there both times. If, if they're going to make that decision and have them each have to go, you know, the guy go there and then the wife say, take me there. And then they go there. They don't need to show us. And I felt like a lot of it was just shots of people walking that could have been shorter. So this was uh, an hour and a half. I felt like the commercials were longer on this. That I could have you know, gone outside, asked them to make me a pizza from scratch, carried the pizza back, and it still would have been the commercial. Go- I mean, every commercial break was like 10 minutes. They kept coming. Uh, and, and, and the one thing that didn't come was any zombies. So I understand absolutely this is the beginning of the outbreak. But they could have done a lot better job of there were some zombies on here and they saved it for a, a finale. You know, there was a, a that we 
our characters all finally interact with a zombie, um, which itself was problematic on a lot of levels. It was a zombie that was Nick's drug dealer who he somehow overpowered, even though the dude was bigger than him and Nick was weak and dope sick and hadn't eaten and had just staggered out of the hospital. He somehow managed to shoot the drug, you know, get the drug dealer's gun and shoot him. Because that makes so much sense. Right. Um, you know, the other trope being that, you know, horror movies and The Walking Dead like to kill black characters. This one introduced two black characters and certainly seems to have killed both of them. We definitely know one was turned into a zombie. And I'm suspecting that the daughter's boyfriend is turned into a zombie. I don't even think The Walking Dead, with its sort of revolving cast of, you know, black dudes who we didn't get to know that well before they died... Like they, I don't know that they ever actually killed two in 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 one episode. Um, I mean, I can't really front on the representation. I mean, we've got Latino family members. We've got you know they they did introduce these two black characters, but then you know one is gone missing in in a zombie apocalypse, and the other has been turned into a zombie and run over several times. Well, I think it would just be a terrible use of Randy from The Wire, who pops up as the daughter's boyfriend, right. for him to just randomly, you know, become zombie chowder. But just the way they approached this whole episode, I mean, they could have just trimmed so much and kind of skipped to maybe having the two of them investigate the boy Nick's claims and kind of, you know, taking away another 20 minutes. But I guess, you know, this is about the money and getting those ad, that ad yeah, time in there. Yeah, and I felt that. I, I, I really felt that. Like, the ads were just constant and long and i was watching it live when it was on so i couldn't fast forward through them but um and it just added to the slow pace now i'm actually looking forward to the rest of the season but i i resent that they sort of made us all sit through this and i understand why they did it they're building up the characters so that when they are in jeopardy it means something both kim dickens and cliff curtis are really good actors um, I don't, I don't know much about the, the two people playing the kids. The one dude looks like Johnny Depp and, uh, uh, James Franco had a baby, but, um, you know, that, that's about it. I, I actually do hope that Randy from the wire is not dead. Um, I definitely hope that they bring him back. Um, so right now, you know, we're in LA People have an idea that, you know, or at least some of our characters have an idea that something's coming. But um, I am very interested in seeing the whole society breakdown thing that they skipped in The Walking Dead. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, what's really shocking is that um, their L.A., their depiction of L.A. has two black people, whereas right. their depiction of Atlanta had like T-Dog. Right. And no black zombies. <laughs> no, this they they had actually when the school let out. I actually thought, um, you know, they, 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 the school was you know about a third white, a third Latino, and a third uh, black. So um, you know, I definitely they peopled uh, you know a a, a a a better mixture in there than we'd seen before. But um, yeah, I mean, I if I had to give this episode as a pilot, you know, I I give it like a C plus at best. But I, I do, I actually am, like I said, I, I, I think the show's going to be good. I mean, we'll see, see if I beat my words. But That's where I differ from you because the strength of the original Walking Dead and what made its slow pace really work for it was the fact that it was based on a comic book. Right. And because 
so many issues of the comic had come out and I had already read the comic. So I knew good stuff was coming. I could hang in there and really kind of go through the motions, you know, let, well, let the series go through the motions because I knew something good was coming. I know Michonne's coming. I know the prison's coming. I know the farm's coming. You know, whereas with this, they have a blank slate. And to me, they're, they're drawing, you know, they're, they're using, they're mishandling it. And they could have taken it, you know, in a whole different direction and made it more interesting. But it, it becomes more difficult because they don't have that to lean on. They don't have me telling somebody, hey, just stick with the show because there's something great going to happen. You know, you don't have that now. You know, with, that was the big boon of being based on a comic. Right. And now we're getting basically a disaster movie, you know, Contagion on TV or something like that. But it's like they're unfurling at such a slow pace. And I think that that's going to kind of kill the momentum because I don't think people are going to want to tune back in. I mean, there's some Twitter and Facebook. People are like disappointed, you know. So people may come back for the second episode. But I think it's going to I think the big report we're going to hear is that there's a massive drop off in numbers from episode one to episode two. I don't know. I mean, most of the people who watched it are people who were fans of the original. And so, you know, Robert Kirkman did co-write this. You got to assume he has, you know, after he's been writing the comic now for, you know, 10 years or however long it's been, he's got to have an idea of how the zombie outbreak, you know, happened. And I think there's going to be, you know, uh, shout outs or, you know, no explanations or, you know, Whatever. He's always made it clear that he doesn't care about how the zombie outbreak happened. I mean, he, he alludes to different reasons and different causes, but none of it. He's never he's already said he's never going to put a definitive stamp on what causes. Right. Because that's not what interests him. You know, it's how people behave and people act. And I mean, seeing this happen in L.A. can be interesting, but it's like the cast of characters we have so far just aren't interesting enough to carry it. They aren't colorful enough. They don't make me want to tune back in, you know, and that's the big, big drawback right now. Plus the pacing. Yeah, well, I, I do think they're gonna they're gonna speed up the pacing, or at least I hope so. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm hopeful about the future of uh, of Fear the Walking Dead. You're fearful of the future, but we'll uh, we'll we'll see how how it pl- how it pans out. Um, one thing we did see pan out the way a lot of people expected was Mr. Robot this uh, week. Uh, in an episode entitled Mirroring, we got a lot of answers. If Elliot was a superhero, this was definitely as close to an origin uh, episode as we were going to get. And while I was a little disappointed at what, what what the reveal was, I thought it was handled unbelievably beautifully like that. It was a really, really Man. good episode of TV. It was so awesome. Yeah. Like you, you saw it coming a mile away. But just the way they played it, as he kind of walked up to the gravesite, it was spectacular. You know, it, it unfolded perfectly. And so, for me personally, I was just glad that they finally nailed this and got it over with so that we can get past this because it was really getting on my nerves. Right. So, spoiler but, alert, the, the big reveal. That Christian Slater is actually a figment of Elliot's imagination um, as he basically reflects on his dead father, who was Mr. Robot. And and in all the scenes that we had seen, Mister Robot, it's Elliot that not Mister Robot. So there had been a lot of um, you know comparisons to Fight Club, and the show even owned them by ending the show with music that appeared a pixie song that appeared in Fight in Fight Club, except a piano version of it uh, that worked really well. 
And I feel like that was a straight up nod to everyone who was talking about Fight Club. And there were a lot of little things in there. You know, in the, in, it opened up with this great flashback to 1995 of Mr. Ro- it basically involved Mr. Robot imparting, um, you know, his value system on um, Elliot, which is, you know, a, a little different. I mean, basically, Elliot steals $20 from a guy who's a dick. And Mr. Robot says, you know, it's wrong that you did that, but sometimes it matters more that that guy's a dick. Let's take the money and go to the movies. They go see Pulp Fiction, and late, much later in the episode, Angela asks Elliot if he's okay. Elliot says, I'm pretty, far, pretty fucking far from okay, which is exactly the line that Ving Rhames gives when Butch asks him if he's okay, when Marcellus Wallace, rather... When Butch asks him, are you okay after the gimp has had his way with him? And he says, I'm pretty fucking far from okay. And then proceeds to give one of the greatest monologues, you know, in history. Um, so there were all kinds of little shout outs and, and, and uh, Easter eggs. And I feel like I haven't gone back and watched the whole series again. But uh, in the whole season, rather. But I imagine there's going to be a lot more of that in there. Um so well, what I was looking at was I really wanted to know if it was definitively um, they were going to show that Elliot was the one interacting with the other people. Like, I I think with, it uh, was. I mean, I think Elliot when we saw Mister Robot talking to Tyrell, it was Elliot. When well, no, no, oh, that's what I was saying. That you know, because we saw Mister Robot definitely talking to Tyrell. But also in the confrontation in the greenhouse with a Romeo, a Romeo. Yeah, I you know, think that was Elliot as well. So like, I, I would love for them to do like a little monologue, a mon- montage flashback as we kind of get to see him and act, you know acting right. in this other fashion. So that really wasn't clear for me. But to me, the big episode, the big reveal of the episode was Tyrell and Elliot kind of teaming up, and that that also begs a question because in the past it definitely looked like Tyrell and Mister Robot knew each other and they were kind of colluding whereas in this episode it seemed like Terrell was completely in the dark about what was going on with Elliot and he had he had to be shown what was up so there's still a little wiggle room and still a little play but I mean the episode just on a whole was superb yeah I mean this is definitely you know again I mean all props to um Rami Malek I mean his acting is incredible I thought the two women were really good as well. And and frankly, Darlene looked like uh, the Joker in, you know, uh, he, the Heath Leather Joker, she, the Heath Ledger, sorry, Joker. She had this sort of smear of red lipstick on and this mascara that was running. Um, but still, they she and Angela pulled off some really, really great acting in that gravestone scene, but in some of the scenes with them as well. So a lot, a lot of things are getting filled in. We still have one more episode to go this season. Um, like a lot of great shows, this started out as a movie script. And apparently the first season only takes us through like 30 minutes of the movie script. So we definitely, I mean, there is a lot of stuff to come that is mapped out. And I, for one, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And this is definitely one of those shows I'm sad it's going away. Um, you know, we cover a lot of shows. Um, we enjoy some but, uh, more than others, but yeah. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the finale, though. Yes. I mean, this has me kind of pumped up just to see how it's going to end uh, for the season and then, you know, what doors are going to open up for next season. So, Mr. Robot has just been a win. It only had one slight dip for me this entire season so far, 
But, you know, other than that, I mean, the show has really just been on a, a uptick and it's deserving of all the, the praise and accolades that it's been receiving. And for you, that, that downtick was the episode where he was going through withdrawal yeah, and hallucinating. And the hallucinating, yeah. I, I wonder if you went back and yeah, watched that. that kind of just like, like yeah, But knowing what you know now, I wonder if you went back and watched that, if it would work more for you because some of the questions have been answered. And if you know, you know, when he's in, in the hotel room with Mr. Robot that he's actually alone, you know, like how much of that might change your opinion of it or, or not, you know, um, you know, it's hard it's hard to maintain a, you know, a straight A run, you know, but which I think the show has done a, pr- a pretty pretty close job of if if not uh, you know, actually doing that. So, all right, yeah, well uh you uh were not were not here last week. You were actually recording our big uh SummerSlam special, so you didn't get to speak on the season the series no, the season finale of Power. Um, and so what was your, uh, what was your two cents in all the, uh, all the flipping around and the dead coming back to life and the live going, all the live people becoming dead and all of that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, power is comedy as usual. I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good season finale. I thought, you know, once again, you know, it always entertains me. They always have the appropriate twist and the requisite amount of nonsense and bullshit. Um, as Ghost is somehow magically revealed to be like the mastermind orchestrating all these events that, you know, they, they've taken great pains throughout the season to, to diminish him. And then in one episode, they reveal the master stroke that, ah, you know, he was, he had all these things going on. And I, you know, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought one of the big things to me was seeing him confront Kanan. Uh, and all the, the hot potato they were playing with the guns, like both of these guys who just studied MMA and disarming, <laughs> disarming techniques. Right, right. Because that, <laughs> that, the, the gun flipped back and forth so many damn times. But, uh, you know, as expected, you know, Kanan will be back despite being stabbed and left for dead and set on fire. You know, he beast mode up out of the basement <laughs> and he's, you know, he lives to come and uh, rampage and play Ghost once again. I mean, I was disappointed by the return of Holly because I just detest that character and the way they kind of played that, you know, Tommy instantly and stupidly just takes her like, oh, you're a baby. I love you. Right. You know? <laughs> I'm just like, she was trying to flip what you on a feds, you know, and just, she, it's like, there's still no reason to trust her. I mean, the stuff with Angela, like why is Ghost involved with this chick? Uh, it's just the same reasons that it disappoints me were still there. But overall, it was an entertaining season finale. You know, I wasn't mad about it, but it's just like, come on, man. You know, I want the show to be so much better than it ever proves to be. And, you know, it just is always just kind of like a middling, entertaining show. So power haters, bring it. You know how to find me on Twitter, at LOYC, so I can uh, laugh at all your outrage. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i into it. I mean, we're ready for a new season, you know, for the new season. Uh, everybody, it's going to be ghost against everybody. Kanan's going to come back. He's going to be looking like Darkman and all burned up and uh, or like Freddy Krueger. And uh, I'm definitely, I'm with it. Um, I can't remember what it, what is, where are Tommy and Ghost at? Are they enemies at this point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it ends with Tommy delivering the great. Oh, you found well, yeah, exactly already. right. Of course, <laughs> they're at each right. other's throats. But I mean, it's just the fact that you know, Ghost went out of his way to try to get Tommy free, and he did this. He enacted this plan really because he didn't want to kill Tommy. 
You know, and that's the whole thing. Lobos gave him the offer in the last episode, the penultimate episode, where kill Tommy and work with me and take over my organization. And basically, Lobos has just reversed course on that now that Ghost has tried to have Lobos killed. But the only reason Ghost did that was because he wasn't going to kill Tommy. Right, and now and you now know, so Lobos I mean, and Tommy are working together. and Lo- That's right. And Lobos is after Ghost. So everybody's after Ghost, but he does have Angela. Yeah, wow. And Tasha's sad about Sean. Yeah, well, I think everybody's sad about Sean, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wasn't sad about Sean. Sean yeah. was stupid. Well, you know, he was a nice you know, guy. He was in. You don't over go see head. a psychopath. You don't go see a psychopath after right. failing him. You just don't do it. Oh, hey, Dad. Yeah, I, I, I didn't kill the guy you needed me to kill, and you know, I'm gonna talk messed a bunch up of shit all to you. your plans. <laughs> messed yeah. up all your plans. Yeah, what do you think's gonna happen? I mean, that was one of the weakest things because the whole, because Kanan knew he wasn't going to go through with it. You know, like, he, like, you know, there were so many scenes. Are you sure you can do this? Yo, are you sure you can do this? Yo, are you sure you got this? You know, like over and over. So, of course, he's not going to do it. Yeah, one thing, you know, there's uh, there's this rule in theater. I think it's Chekhov or something like that, where if you show a gun in the first act, it has to go off in the second act. I was just wondering, uh, getting back to Mr. Robot real quick. You know, Darlene hid a, a gun in the popcorn, and this episode ended with popcorn popping. And I was just wondering if that gun was going to come out in the season finale, or if that was just, you know, whatever. Shit gets popping. It is popping. Mr. Robot is popping. So, speaking of popping, last week, uh, you and Tatiana and Bowman did a. Uh, special in advance of SummerSlam and now you've now seen SummerSlam and how did it uh how did it compare with all your projections and all of your hopes and dreams? <laughs> My yeah. hopes and dreams. Oh it, it far it far exceeded them. Uh you know WWE is good for throwing out some tripe um and not really caring what the fans think. But they they for the most part delivered. SummerSlam was good. Um I, I deal with the main event first and then kind of go on backwards. I think the biggest misstep they had was the actual um, ending of the main event, which was Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker. Right. Uh, the Undertaker seeking revenge for Brock Lesnar breaking the, uh, for Brock Lesnar ending The Undertaker's winning streak at WrestleMania. I mean, and it was a great match. It had good action, good back and forth, blood, um, you know, kicking out of finishing moves and just great displays from Brock and Undertaker. But they ended it on a, such a, a silly note where... You know, you had Brock basically make the Undertaker tap out, but the ref didn't see it, and the bell rang, so it looked like Brock won. And then um, the Undertaker, you know, low blow, low blowed Brock, uh, which is basically a nut shot, and then gave him the Hell's Gate. Brock wouldn't tap, and he just kind of passed out. Undertaker wins. So it was silly up to you know, it was just a silly ending. They could have just had Brock lose clean to the Undertaker, or you know, even if Undertaker would have lost, which is what I wanted, it would have been far superior than what we got. <clears throat> We also had Seth Rollins versus uh, John Cena for a unification ma- unification of the World Heavyweight Championship and the um, is it the United States title, uh, winner take all. Um, I'm not a fan of John Cena. I think he is garbage, but he's been at the top of the WWE for the last decade. Uh, and in this match, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more a fan of Seth Rollins, who really kind of carried the match. It was a great back and forth. Um, it was, you know, it was a solid match. It actually ended with when the guest host, John Stewart of The Daily Show, who had had a whole summer-long kind of feud with Seth Rollins, it 
it uh, basically kind of culminated in this, where Stewart interfered in the match and took a chair to John Cena, allowing Seth Rollins to get the pin and the win. So that's a great way to come out of retirement for right. the Daily Show uh, to help <laughs> to help Seth Rollins win. Um, you had uh, the Divas match, which is the Divas Revolution. Basically, what Bowman, uh, Tatiana, and I predicted on the SummerSlam special came true. The black girls, the black team was eliminated first. And then uh, the other two teams were left to duke it out with um, Team PCB taking a win. Um, you had Kevin Owens versus Cesaro. Kevin Owens had been on a two or three match losing streak. And so both of these guys really kind of needed a win. But Kevin Owens is a young upstart. I predicted Kevin Owens would win. Kevin Owens won. Um, we had Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose versus the Wyatt family. Um, Wayne, Roman and Dean ended up coming out on top in a okay match. You know, that was kind of eh, in the middle. And then the rest of the car kind of, you know, was kind of predictable with Big Show and Ryback. Ryback took that um, over The Miz and Big Show. Um, you also had Randy Orton and Sheamus, which started the, the whole card, and which was a smart thing to do. Randy Orton took the loss. And if that match had actually happened later in the show, then it would have kind of derailed the whole show because it was kind of a slow match that nobody's really invested in. But um, overall, uh, SummerSlam really, really hit, you know, hit hit the mark. It was about a B, a B plus. Um, they definitely could have ended, you know, the main event much better. But overall, it worked. Wait, wasn't uh, Green Arrow in there? Didn't Arrow make an appearance? Oh, yeah. How can I forget? Stephen Amell, he delivered. He really delivered. He, uh, Stephen Amell and Star, uh, Stephen Amell and, um, Neville teamed up against, uh, Cody Rhodes, who's Stardust, and King Barrett. And their match was short. It was exactly what it needed to be. Um, Stephen Amell got in. He's a celebrity guest star from the TV show Arrow. He, he got in. He got, he took some bumps, but he also hit some moves. I mean, he really participated in the match in a meaningful fashion. He dove off the top rope which I'm sure scared the shit out of his insurance yeah. uh, rep and his Hollywood agent. But uh, he really uh, is the best appearance by a celebrity, uh, maybe second to John Stewart, you know, taking the chair to John Cena. Wow. But Mel really delivered and really participated in the match. Um, it's something he can be proud of and WWE fans. I mean, like this is the first time where you really typically when they do like the celebrity run ins or celebrity guest spots, you know, they do like one thing. They may slap somebody and then that's it. But like a male with, you know, he got, kicked he got you know slammed he got tossed out of the ring he got real wrestling moves applied to him and he took a licking and kept on you know ticking you know and he did his thing so maybe he's got a second career if uh you know if arrow doesn't make it past the fourth season shit he did better than the people on tough enough this season right right so yeah this was uh SummerSlam was here in brooklyn at the barclay center and it was four hours instead of three was that they added an extra hour onto it yeah, they had an extra hour. Wow. So between that, wow, between that and Fear the Walking Dead, you had you had quite an evening of TV. Yes, my 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 eyeballs are sore from all of that television watching, but Fear the Walking Dead, oh my god. Right. So we also had a couple of uh season finales this weekend. Um a show I watch uh, Killjoys on the Sci-Fi Channel on Friday night. Had its uh, season finale. I, I I can't give. I would give the show a B minus. Um, I enjoyed it. There were a couple of new uh, sci-fi shows that came on. Dark Matters and that. I watched the pilot of Dark Matters and didn't stick with it. Uh, I, I watched the pilot of Killjoys and did. 
Um, it's about three basically intergalactic bounty hunters. It's two brothers, and the leader is a um, Afro-Swedish woman uh, who's really dope. And um, wait, I, wait, 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 wait! What the hell is an Afro-Swedish woman? She's half African and half Swedish. Okay, and what kind of is this? Like Storm? Like does she have blue eyes and like blonde? You know? No, I mean blonde? I only found I looked her up on Wikipedia and I saw what what her background was. Um, you know, she's she's a, a biracial, you know, half European, half African woman. Um, she's attractive and she kicks a lot of ass and she drives a spaceship and uh, you know orders around like two you know good looking, slightly meatheadish uh, brothers who are her henchmen. And they uh, they catch bad guys, and there's a huge like overarching conspiracy thing, and 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 all of that, and you know uh, everyone's got a mysterious past. Um, I I'll probably watch it the the second season. It, it wasn't as good as um, Defiance, which is still going and has one more episode, and also airs on Friday night. Um, I think that's probably been the best of the sci-fi things that the Sci-Fi Channel has tried over the past three or four years. Um, but, uh, and you, uh, you know, you've got uh, Ballers also had its uh, season finale. It's, or, yeah, season finale. Uh, Ballers would probably be talked about more for The Rock's brief bit of nudity. Um, but it was just more the same, you know. Right. I mean, it's, it's a middling show. I don't know that if I would stick with it for another season uh, because they're, they're just not taking things to... The, the level they can you know it's not extreme enough all the dramas the whole season something's introduced five minutes later it's resolved you know or in the next episode it's resolved and it's just like you know these are like rich people problems these first world super athlete problems that aren't really problems you know so you know it's I'm interesting really- you say that because that was my i watched the only the pilot to ray donovan and that, that what you just said about Ballers was what I felt about the pilot of Ray Donovan. But no, I do like no, – Le- Yeah, I was going to say I do really like Leif Schreiber. Ray I do- Donovan is dope. Yeah, uh, I, and I'm constantly seeing actors that I like appearing on it. So I guess uh, I'm going to have to go and, 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 dude, and, and check no. that one out. Uh, from you it's- know, Give it a longer shot. I mean I always say don't judge a show on its pilot. Nah, man. Ray Donovan is dope. This is – uh season three i'm yeah. gonna watch it after I, we finish recording but um you know they're halfway through it and it's another great season but ray donovan is not what you think it is um because the show for those who don't know it follows basically a hollywood fixer uh and kind of his travails and the things that he gets into the first season deals with him and his uh newly released from prison father mickey donovan and kind of the dramas that surround that it has a great uh appearance by james woods um as a guest star uh then the second season deals with um them investigating some other matters in a raised life and kind of his past and the actual organization he works for he works for a jewish attorney um who kind of is an attorney to a lot of the stars and then this season is dealing with ray kind of being kind of trying to become a player a power player and a bigger mover and shaker in los angeles and uh dealing with the finney family but I mean, all three seasons have been really good. Uh, it has bits of humor, um, you know, some violence, but it's and it's an edgy show in a way that's not um, cliche, you know. But it's definitely worth checking out. 
So you can add that to your list right behind Rick and Morty. Chico. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I got Rick and Morty and, and Ray Donovan. All right. Well, yeah, we got a lot of, uh, you know, this time of year, uh, a lot of new shows are going to start premiering soon. So hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on SoundCloud. Let us know what, what you guys are planning on watching. Let us know what, you know, what we should be watching. I'm looking forward to The Bastard Executioner by uh, Kurt Sutter. The uh, Sons of Anarchy creator, and it looks like a, a really sort of dirty, grimy, medieval show with uh, the dude from True Blood. Um, so, yeah, please, please recommend something else so I can hate on it. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, uh, I I don't know what uh, there's there's a what is there's a show called Colony coming about um, uh, America or the Earth after aliens have taken over. Um, so that there's, there's, there's a lot, a lot coming up. Um, so, uh, let us know what you're watching and, uh, we'll let you know what we're going to be watching and covering. And in the meantime, you can go online to fanbros.com and cop your tickets for all of our super week events. Absolutely. Uh, the check out the, the really dope flyers out there designed by our very own Illoyc. Uh, which are flames if you haven't seen them and uh, yeah like that um, keep watching the skies Fan Bros. Fan Bros.